Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase, Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumlips to Swetmuk territory within the unceded traditional lands of Swetmukulu. As settlers, we take seriously our responsibility to center and to uplift Indigenous creatives and to work to build a more inclusive YA environment for all marginalized folks. And to build on that, because this is our episode on September-October preview, Mm -hmm. Brenna... I'm very excited to say that we are looking forward to a new CBC television show. (gasps) We're so excited. Yeah. So, (laughs) folks, CBC is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and they provide content for all of Canada. It's like the BBC in the UK and other kind of like nationally syndicated broadcasters. And part of their mandate is that they're supposed to be providing Canadian content. So, you know, Canadian television, Canadian films, and obviously like news and sports and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But they have announced that coming in the fall, so we don't know exactly when, but we're Mm -hmm. looking forward to it. They are launching a six-part original series, which is an adaptation of the best-selling novel Son of a Trickster by Eden Robinson. And this adaptation is going to be called Trickster, and it's developed by Michelle Latimer, who is like a documentary award-winning filmmaker. And we're hoping, fingers crossed, if everything comes to pass, that we are going to have an interview with Michelle sometime in the near future, ideally to coincide with the launch of the show. Oh my god, we're hoping. We're really, really hoping it all works out. It's everybody's schedule and multiple time zones and everything else, but we're so hoping. I love Eden Robinson and... If you haven't yet seen the trailer for Trickster, because we've been posting it, I'm hoping maybe, Joe, you could post a link in the show notes so people could check it out, because it's phenomenal. It looks really good. good. In fact, my my only reticence with announcing this is like, I don't know if people outside of Canada will be able to see it immediately, or if there's going to be distribution deals that have to happen before it kind of gets exported to the rest of the world. But yeah, it looks amazing and i literally need it in my eyeballs right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely something to keep an eye on for folks who have robust public broadcasters because a lot of these programs only get made with co-production money Mm -hmm. so sometimes there's there's deals already made before the shows go into production but yeah i'm really excited for this one and like we've waited so long for some good ya adaptation from indigenous literature and it's the right moment and i'm so excited and Mm -hmm. If this actually comes to pass soon, I will stop being so snarky about how long it's taking for the Marrow Thieves to come to screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing for me is that it's really hard to get a film off the ground because it's just really cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. So I do think that television is the way to go for a lot of these texts. So I'm hoping that Trickster will set a kind of precedent where people can see the potential of doing a miniseries or Mm -hmm. a longer form adaptations. Uh, I don't want to put all of my bets on this, but I'm just so excited that I really hope this opens the door for future adaptations. And I hope it's really good. And I hope people watch it because Son of a Trickster is part of a trilogy. Mm -hmm. So we could get more seasons. There we go. Okay. 
yeah. So folks, that is Trickster. We'll we'll talk about it again when we have a confirmed date. And yeah, yeah fingers crossed, keep an eye out for that interview with Michelle Latimer, the Woo! director who is shepherding the adaptation. Yay! Manifest that into being, Joe. <laughs> I'm I'm working on it. <laughs> Okay, so before we go into our forecast for what is coming out in September and October as you're prepping your library holds list and so on, I did just want to quickly acknowledge that we did get a couple of emails and we are recording this in advance. So apologies if anybody has sent in something recently. We're just going to quickly give a shout out to frequent write-in listener Andrew. Andrew. And he gave us a bunch of recommendations that we're not going to list off here because I think they're a little bit more things that he's hoping we'll cover in the future. And some of them we are. Yeah, spoiler alert. We're actually <laughs> trying to be responsive and get to people's requests. So yeah. look for some of those before the end of fall if everything comes to pass. But Andrew did want us to flag, because I don't think we've acknowledged, that a couple of the shows that we were fans of or wanted to see more of have actually been greenlit for additional seasons. Oh, so yeah. we can look forward to season two of Never Have I Ever, Ooh. as well as Love, Victor. Okay. I really hope they drop John McEnroe from Never Have I Ever and Simon yes. from Love, Victor. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I definitely think the latter will come to pass. I don't think that there's a role for Simon in the future, but... Oh, and also, he's got to be the most expensive member of that cast, too. Yeah, you got to think, okay, we gave him the first season, we've established this premise, we don't need Simon anymore. Yeah. But that's, I think, from us <laughs> putting that out into the world, as opposed to maybe what they're actually thinking, which is, oh, we need to keep this connective tissue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's exciting news. Looking forward to subsequent seasons of YA TV. Yeah, me too. I'm very much excited. It's going to be a weird fall. And I think oh, that the people yeah. who make streaming television owe it to us to provide us <laughs> with lots of good content. Oh, I see. This is how it works, huh? <laughs> I, mean, I love yes. it. I hope this for us. <laughs> uh, okay, so... As people know, every couple of months we do this YA forecast episode. It's usually one of the lowest episodes that we do, and that's fine. But <laughs> we like to talk about things that people should be looking forward to. And yeah. Brenna, I see on your list you gobbled up no less than two of my picks because you got your list done first. So I'm going to ask you to kick this off. I will, but you know what? The flip side of that is I looked at your list and I was like, oh, sweet. Joe got all the books I didn't have space for on my list. <laughs> <laughs> because we are hive mind people. It's like it's we are crazy. two people. Uh, no, we're one person who shares two bodies. There we go. <laughs> got it. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, so my first pick, which actually comes out today, if you listen on the day the show drops, it's a September 1st release, which means you can literally keep your podcast on, put your headphones in your ears. Go to a bookstore and buy this book. Mm -hmm. Go do it. Because Just it's called it. Punching the Air by Ibi Zaboy and Yusuf Salam of the Exonerated Five. So you know about the Central Park Five. Five young men who were um, wrongfully convicted. They're now known as the Exonerated Five because they have been exonerated. And Yusuf Salam co-wrote this book with Ibi Zaboy, who's a name we've brought up on the show before. Yeah. Uh, you might remember Pride, her retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's a Haitian-American writer. And this sounds amazing. Okay, I'm just going to read you the synopsis. Mm -hmm. The story that I thought was my life didn't start on the day I was born. Amal Shahid has always been an artist and a poet, but even in a diverse art school, he's seen as disruptive and unmotivated by a biased system. 
Then one fateful night, an altercation in a gentrifying neighborhood escalates into tragedy. Boys just being boys turns out only to be true when one of those boys is white. The story that I think will be my life starts today. Suddenly, at just 16 years old, Amal's bright future is upended. He's convicted of a crime he didn't commit and sent to prison. Despair and rage almost sink him until he turns to the refuge of words, his art. This should never have been his story, but can he change it? With spellbinding lyricism, award-winning author Ibi Zaboy and prison reform activist Yusuf Salam tell a moving and deeply profound story about how one boy is able to maintain his humanity and fight for the truth in a system designed to strip him of both. Ooh. I mean, that sounds really uplifting and uh-huh. also... Oh. I know. I get chills just reading the synopsis. Like, ah. Uh. I mean, even the synopsis is so well-written and almost lyrical. If yes. that's an indication of what you can expect from the book, ooh, it sounds good. Yes. And it's worth noting that this is a novel in verse. Ah, I see why you picked it then. <laughs> at least, or it's at least partially a novel in verse. And um, to me, it's a really powerful pairing of an artist and an activist to come together to tell a story like this. It's tagged as being perfect for fans of Jason Reynolds, Walter Dean Myers, and Elizabeth Acevedo, which is how I came upon it. (laughs) You've just got, what, a Google alert on Elizabeth Acevedo? (laughs) I do. Why? Is that weird? (laughs) Uh, It's perfectly you. (laughs) Um, So yeah, anyway, it's out today. You can like go get it right now. Amazing. Okay. So my first pick is called Never Look Back by Lilium Rivera, and it's out on September 15th. This is an own voices retelling of the Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Ooh. Yeah, I'm intrigued. It's, I am too. I mean, the main reason I picked it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the logline. Yuri comes to the Bronx as a girl haunted. Haunted by losing everything in Hurricane Maria and by an evil spirit, Edo. She fully expects the tragedy that befell her and her family in Puerto Rico to catch up with her in New York. Yet, for a time, she can almost set this fear aside because there's this boy. Fias is a golden voice bachata singing charmer, ready to spend the summer on the beach with his friends, serenading his on-again, off-again flame. That changes when he meets Yuri. All he wants to do is put a smile on her face and fight off her demons. But some dangers are too powerful for even the strongest love. And as the world threatens to tear them apart, Yuri and Fias must fight for each other and their lives. (gasps) Yeah, I totally almost picked this. (laughs) I mean, it very much sounds like a good synthesis of our mutual interests, where we're taking a well-known story, we're updating it, we're modernizing it. Own Voices is obviously an appeal. I think it's going to have some really good cultural moments or or cultural influences. And I just, I love the idea of taking a white, white, white Greek myth and updating it with people of color. I do too. I really love it. It's very much, I saw that this was tagged as one for fans of Ibiza Boys Pride. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of dovetailing going on here. You know what? Uh, we we talked about how there might be a bunch of things that all come together in September because of the weird release schedule. So if people go back and listen to our July-August episode, they'll notice that we did talk about how there might just be a weird synthesis that happens in September, October, and here we are. Yeah, I do feel like going through the picks for this uh, month, particularly if if you're looking with an eye to sort of up and coming or big name but own voices who don't often get the same marketing push, mm-hmm. that it was like, 
oh, they're all in September and October. Like it was like yeah. three months of offerings in two for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of familiar names, which yeah. is good because if you're fans of these authors, you've probably been waiting a while. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, my second pick is Charming as a Verb by Ben Felipe, which comes out uh, September 8th. This was totally on my list. So listeners might remember Ben Felipe from a previous forecast where I talked about The Field Guide to the North American Teenager, which was a book that I really liked because it was this idea of a black French-Canadian teenager learning about America and expecting it to be like American sitcoms and then discovering that that's not actually what life is like. Mm -hmm. It's like every trip I took to America in my early 20s, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but also CanCon. Yes, but also CanCon. Um, so Ben Felipe is Haitian Canadian, uh, though he now lives in New York, and this book is set in New York. So here's the synopsis. Henri Halti Haltewanger can charm just about anyone. He's a star debater and a popular student at the prestigious Fate Academy, the dutiful first-generation Haitian son, and the trusted dog walker for his wealthy New York City neighbors. But his easy smiles mask a burning ambition to attend his dream college, Columbia University. There's only one person who seems immune to Henri's charms. This intense classmate and neighbor, Corrine Troy. When she uncovers Henri's less-than-honest dog-walking scheme, she blackmails him into helping her change her image at school. Henri agrees, seeing a potential upside for himself. Soon, what started as a mutual hustle turns into something more surprising than either of them ever bargained for. I mean, clearly we all see it coming. <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> this is a sharply funny and insightful novel about the countless hustles we have to keep from doing the hardest thing, being ourselves. I do like the fact that there's clearly a romantic relationship that's going to develop between the two of them, but that yeah. the emphasis is about being true to yourself. Yeah, and I'm also super excited for this discussion of class, right? This idea of being first-generation Haitian and having to hustle the way he has to hustle, but the idea that he's the dog walker for all the wealthy neighbors kind of thing. Like, we know I really enjoy a, a class discussion in YA, and there's so few of them. So I'm excited oh, for this do one. do you? Do you? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't think it's ever come up on the podcast before. <laughs> It's all new to me. <laughs> all right, you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very sassy today. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I kept, for listeners to know, I kept Joe waiting like solidly a half hour for this episode to start recording. <laughs> I'm busy and important too, Brenna. <laughs> we had a meltdown at work and then I had a meltdown with Groot, so. It's just a day of meltdowns. And yet, you know what? We're getting through it. We're going to make it. It's yeah. it's So far, it's quarter to 10 my time, and I'm not dead yet. So There we go. Progress, <laughs> progress. All right. So what was that title again? That was Charming as a Verb by Ben Felipe out September 8th. Amazing. Yeah, that one, uh, definitely interested. Yes. Okay, so my second pick is called Early Departures by Justin A. Reynolds, and it's out on September 22nd. Here's the logline. Jamal's best friend Q doesn't know he's about to die again. Mm. He also doesn't know that Jamal tried to save his life, rescuing him from drowning only to watch Q die later in the hospital. Even more complicated. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Jamal and Q haven't been best friends in two years, not since Jamal's parents died in a car accident, leaving him and his sister to carry on without them. Grief swallowed Jamal whole, and he blamed Q for causing the accident. But what if Jamal could have a second chance, an impossible chance that would grant him the opportunity to say goodbye to his best friend? A new healthcare technology allows Q to be reanimated, brought back to life like the old Q again. But there's a catch. Q will only reanimate for a short time before he dies. 
forever. Jamal is determined to make things right with Q, but grief is hard to shake, and he can't tell Q why he's suddenly trying to be friends with him again, because Q has no idea that he died. Wait, what? <laughs> and Q's mom is not about to let anyone ruin the miracle by telling him. So how can Jamal fix his friendship with Q if he can't tell him the truth? I want to read this just to find out what's happening. I mean, I love it because it's got this little sci-fi twist, right? Yeah. Where you can reanimate dead people. But the obvious crux of this is about friendship. And as we talked about repeatedly, there are so few stories about friendship and never mm -hmm. male friendship. No, never male friendship. So I was just taken with that sci-fi premise as a hook. I was like, all right, Justin A. Reynolds, you have sucked me in with this idea. <laughs> but then as I read the logline, I realized, you know what? This could be a really interesting mediation on male friendships. And then I was sold. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm very curious. I'm very curious. Mm -hmm. So that is Early Departures by Justin A. Reynolds, and it's out on September 22nd. Right on. Okay. So my third pick is Thoughts and Prayers by Brian Bliss don't love the title no i know uh it comes out september 29th so here's the uh, here's the synopsis claire eleanor and brezen have little in common except for the fact that a year ago they all hid under the same staircase and heard the shots that took the lives of some of their classmates and a teacher now each one copes with the trauma as best they can as the world around them keeps moving thoughts and prayers is a story about gun violence but more importantly it's a story about what happens after the reporters leave and the news cycle moves on to the next tragedy it's a story of three unforgettable teens who feel forgotten acclaimed author brian bliss has made a place for himself writing books that face difficult and emotional topics head-on with nuance empathy and a deft hand thoughts and prayers is an extraordinary novel that explores what it means to heal and to feel safe in a world that constantly chooses violence hmm. So I'm eager to read this maybe as a bit of an antidote to the school shooting book that I read and we talked about a couple weeks ago on the show. Mm -hmm. You know, that book was very much about using the tragedy to sort of emotionally manipulate readers. And yeah, it was a little sensational. It was. And I'm interested in the idea of telling the story of what happens after. I think we've had a fair number now of sort of first person tellings of this story and of in the moment tellings of this story but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested in a book about the aftermath and it sounds like a pretty quiet book from the synopsis i'm interested and the early reviews on goodreads from people who had arcs of it seem to suggest that it's it's a very sensitive book about addressing trauma so i'm interested to hear it interesting yeah because i i almost want to hear it as a sensitive calmer contrast to the one that i read whose name uh, escapes me i apologize but remember i read one that was in the aftermath of a shooting but it was rage filled like it was yes, all about teenagers that. who could not process their anger yes so this sounds like a different take on that same idea and i'm interested to see how they might contrast it sounds like it leans more towards the um trauma as paralyzing from the reviews that i'm reading as okay. opposed to rage so We'll see. I'm I'm really interested. It could be very it could be very badly done. Most of these books have been, but this one fills me with some hope. So that's Thoughts and Prayers by Brian Bliss, and it's out September 29th. Okay. Which means that all of my recommendations are in September. See ya, October. I also found that most of the more attractive picks are the ones that I was gravitating to. Yeah. I definitely had more in September, and I don't know if it's just that people are holding off on October. Maybe they haven't scheduled them. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. So I do actually have an October pick. I managed to find one that I'm interested in, in part because it is written by a queer Canadian. Yay! 
Yeah, which is rare. So again, I'm like, please be good. And also then please make a movie or a television show of it. (laughs) So I am talking about I Hope You're Listening by Tom Ryan. And it's out October 6th. And here's the logline. In her small town, 17-year-old Delia D. Skinner is known as the girl who wasn't taken. Ten years ago, she witnessed the abduction of her best friend, Sibby. And although she told the police everything she remembered, it wasn't enough. Sibby was never seen again. Oh my god. Yeah, it starts dark and then it gets a little bit more like, oh, it's okay, it's a mystery. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) At night, Dee deals with her guilt by becoming someone else, the Seeker, the voice behind the popular true crime podcast Radio Silent, which features missing persons cases and works with online sleuths to solve them. So now you know why I picked it. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's Joe. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Nobody knows Dee's the seeker, and she plans to keep it that way. When another little girl goes missing, and the case is linked to Sibby's disappearance, Dee has a chance to get answers, with the help of her virtual detectives and the intriguing new girl at school. But how much is she willing to reveal about herself in order to uncover the truth? Dee's about to find out what's really at stake in unraveling the mystery of the little girls who vanished. Okay, I like it. I like the true crime podcast hook. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you don't have to go through something alone when you can kind of activate the potential in something like anonymous internet people. Yeah. I do feel like sometimes YA forgets that things like the internet exists. Yeah, it's because it's all it's all set in the 90s and early 2000s, even if it's not. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's when you were a teenager and you're writing the books. It's stuck in the sensibilities, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's something that I see a lot in movies as well, like, particularly because I'm so horror-focused. There's often this intent where you have to say, how do we get characters to a situation where they can't use their cell phones? Yeah. Or they can't use the internet because that would immediately remove them from danger. And it feels like YA often takes these sensibilities as well. Like, oh, well, how am I supposed to keep these lovers apart if they still have the ability to text each other or look things up? So I don't know. I'm I'm interested in this. A large part of it was, you know what, I don't feel like I'm reading enough Canlit. And when I see a YA Canlit, I'm all the more interested. So I definitely had both of these Canadian picks flagged from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I was like, we have to talk about them. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad we did. Yeah. I'm glad we had them to choose from. There we go. So that is I Hope You're Listening by Tom Ryan, and it's out on October 6th. Okay. And then I have two honorable mentions, and I'm going to do my honorable mentions together okay. because I really like it when I'm doing the preview thing and I notice a like a little mini theme or mini trend mm-hmm. coming like, up. Like, where did this come from? Did they talk about it? Did they yeah. figure it out? And so I've got two that are basically about bookstores. Nice. And I suspect our listeners be into some YA set in bookstores. <laughs> I mean, I know I am. Yeah. So the two picks are Recommended for You by Laura Silverman and This Is All Your Fault by Amina May Safi. So <laughs> I'll, I'm doing them in order of when they come out. So Recommended okay. for You is out September 1st as well. And uh, I'll just read you the synopsis. Sure. To all the boys I've loved before meets You've Got Mail. 
There we go. Yep. Ding. Brenna is sold. <laughs> In this charming and hilarious rom-com following two teen booksellers whose rivalry is taken to the next level as they compete for the top bookseller bonus. Shoshana Greenberg loves working at Once Upon, her favorite local bookstore. And with her mom's fighting at home and her beloved car teetering on the brink of death, the store has become a welcome escape. <laughs> when her boss announces a holiday bonus to the person who sells the most books, Shoshana sees an opportunity to at least fix her car, if not any of her other problems. The only person standing in her way? New hire, Jake Kaplan. <gasps> no, Jake. Jake is an affront to everything Shoshana stands for. He doesn't even read. But <gasps> somehow, his sales start to rival hers. Okay, so Jake may be cute, really cute. And he may be an eligible Jewish single. Hard to find south of Atlanta. But he's also mm. the enemy, and Shoshana is ready to take him down. Oh my but goodness. as the competition int intensifies, Jake and Shoshana grow closer and realize they may be more on the same page than they expect. Oh, no. <laughs> this is everything. And also, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so happy. So happy. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, This Is All Your Fault by Amina Mesafi. Set over the course of one day, Emin Safi's This Is All Your Fault is a smart and voice-driven YA novel that follows three young women determined to save their indie bookstore. Rin Oliveira is finally going to tell her longtime crush AJ that she's in love with him. Daniela Corres writes poetry for her own account, but nobody knows it's her. And Imogen Azar is just trying to make it through the day. When Rin, Daniela, and Imogen clock in to work at Wild Nights Bookstore on the first day of summer, they're expecting the hours to drift by the way they always do. Instead, they have to deal with the news that the bookstore is closing. Before mm. the day is out, there'll be shaved heads, a diva author, and a very large shipment of Air Jordans to contend with. And it will take all three of them working together if they have any chance to save Wild Nights Bookstore. Okay, wait. Is this just <laughs> an updated version of Empire Records? Yes, it is! <laughs> like, shaved head, that is one step too far. I'm contacting my lawyers here. Totally is. It totally is. It's like Empire Records meets indie bookstore meets like sneakerhead culture. <laughs> Very odd. Very yeah. odd. I'm yeah. intrigued by this because it's a all in one day kind of thing. So yeah. I'm, I find I'm increasingly interested in this because we've covered a couple of these kinds of texts and I've never been wholly satisfied by them. So yeah. I kind of want to find one that works for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I totally hear that. Because it's all about me. <laughs> so, so if you're looking for some bookstore YA, this is your fall. So recommended for you by Laura Silverman out September 1st. And this is All Your Fault by Emina May Safi out October 13th. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I also have two honorable mentions. And the first one, it's ironic that you picked a book about a school shooting and then you referenced This Is Where It Ends because oh, yeah. I'm talking about her new book. So Ooh. the author is... How do I pronounce it? Is it Mary Nijkamp? It's Marie K. Nijkamp, I believe. Okay. I'm just going to leave that in there. And <laughs> I can sound dumb and you can sound great. I could be totally wrong. I could sound uh, really arrogant and wrong. That's the other option here. I like either one for us. Yeah. <laughs> so her new one is called Even If We Break. And this just sounds like a very straightforward mystery. But the description evokes the kinds of YA like Christopher Pike, Diane Ho, LJ Smith that I was reading in the 90s. So I was going to say, when I saw this on your list, I was like, I'm getting strong Christopher Pike vibes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here is the logline. It's incredibly short. It's just this. Five friends go to a cabin. Four of them are hiding secrets. 
three years of history behind them. Two are doomed from the start. One person wants to end this. No one is safe. Are you ready to play? That's like the joest synopsis I've ever seen. I know, and the cover (laughs) is just a bunch of masks. I'm so in. (laughs) I mean, I love just a good, schlocky little straightforward mystery that you can just gobble up in like one sitting, ideally. Mm Mm-hmm. All in. All in. So this is Even If We Break, and it's out on September 15th. Nice. And then I'm going to end on a sophisticated, intelligent note. Sure, that's you. Yeah, it's very me. I'm a man of uh, nuance and depth and layers. I've never said otherwise, Joe. (sighs) (laughs) You know what? You left me stranded for 30 minutes, lady. (laughs) The saddest texts. Like, are you coming? Are Are you you ever coming? I miss you. How come you don't respond to me anymore? (laughs) So my final pick is Come On In, and it's an anthology that's edited by Adi Al-Sayed, and it's out on October 13th. So this is my other October pick. This exceptional and powerful anthology explores the joys, heartbreaks, and triumphs of immigration with stories by best-selling and beloved YA authors who are themselves immigrants and the children of immigrants. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't actually do a lot of anthologies. I was going to say, you never pick an anthology. I'm always the one who picks an anthology. I mean, this is obviously... Actually, I don't know. I interpreted this as nonfiction, but I guess it doesn't have to be now that I'm rereading it. But I like the idea of telling immigration stories, you know, as we talked about in our episode on The Sun is Also a Star. Mm -hmm. That was really the angle that I was most interested in because it felt like something that is generally shied away from in why it's too political, it's too timely, it's, you know, too mature in some ways. So I like this idea that there's an entire anthology and it sounds like it's going to be written entirely from own voices experiences. Yeah, I I saw this and I was gonna put it on my list too. I'm so glad you did. I was really impressed with the kinds of journeys mm-hmm. they were listing, like Ecuador to New York, Argentina to Utah, Australia to Harlem, India to New Jersey. So stories from all over the world and different kinds of narratives, right? Like the arrival yeah. in New York City is gonna be pretty different than the arrival in Utah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, the kinds of stories that we're normally hearing are like, I moved to New York. Yeah. And you're like, Yes, we know. Every story is set in New York. So of all of those, I'm most interested to see what does that Utah story look like, Yeah, me too. Totally. I'm excited. It's also great with anthologies like this, particularly when they do highlight a lot of own voices, because it then sends you out into the world to find those authors in other contexts, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that is Come On In. It's an anthology that's edited by Adi Al-Sayed, and it's out on October 13th. Cool. Well... If you want to tell us what you're reading in September and October, if we missed like the most obvious and important pick, oh my god, Mm -hmm. you can find us on the Twitters at hashtag HKHSpod. Or if you've got something longer, you can email us at HKHSpod at gmail.com. Joe, if they want to tell you about why, I don't know, yeah, if they just want to talk to you. What's your handle? <laughs> they don't need specific reasons. They no. can just reach out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can be reached at B stole my remote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And wow, am I ever a mess today, Joe? <laughs> you know what? I think you handled it a lot better than you're giving yourself credit for. <laughs> so what are we doing next week? I'm throwing that one over to you. 
That is fine, because I've got it open and ready to go. Folks, we are finally crossing off a listener request that has been a long time coming. We're going to be checking out the book Holes from 1998, and the movie is from 2003. I have never read this book, but I have have fond memories of Louis Seychar. Is that how we pronounce it? His name? Seychar? I don't know. He wrote this book called Sideways Stories from Wayside School that was like the book of my elementary school. Like, everybody read it. Okay. It was a scholastic book fair Mm -hmm. push, and we all read it, and it was hilarious, but it was very weird. It was about, like, a teacher who eats boogers and stuff. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I'm interested to see a perhaps more mature take from this author. Yeah, I'm intrigued because I think I always stayed away from this because I thought it was more middle grade. Yeah. So that may actually be the case. We'll have to wait and come back next week to discover fun all right well yeah. until next time i'll see you on the holy page huh oh. huh oh. huh and i will huh? see you on the holy screen <laughs> i may just say it <laughs> I don't bye like this game. bye